belong to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Edward Knight. I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we have got a banger of a case study from Terry and Tanya. Now, I want you to listen to this because they are in a, a pretty tough situation at the moment. They've sent us a lot of detail. We're going to go through their situation and give them some ideas about things they could do. Now, ultimately, by listening to this, you are going to be able to take some of the thinking and perhaps apply it to your situation. I think these are really important. So I'm going to quickly summarise the situation. Andrew's going to respond and talk about what they want to do. So at the moment, they are building their dream home. And I'm assuming it's in Auckland. Yep, it's up in Oriwa in Auckland. Now, Terry has been building this himself because he's a qualified builder. And there have been massive budget overruns. It's gone over by about 250k due to COVID lockdown, price increases, delays, underquoting, all of that. Now, to get around that, they've had to borrow an extra 300k. 150 of that's come from the parents, from Terry's parents, another 150k from the bank to finish the project. Now, at the moment, the house is actually worth a lot of money, about 1.7 to 1.8 million is what they're thinking. And the total debt is about 900k. So great equity position. You know, house is worth almost double what their mortgage is. But there's a couple of issues, and the issue comes around servicing and that parental debt. So at the moment, it's a single income household. Terry is earning between 90 to 100K, right? And they've got about 900K worth of debt. Now, what's the issue? Well, number one is they've got a massive mortgage compared to their income. The second issue that we've got is the parents need the 150K back. And what they really want to do, what Terry and Tanya want to do, is they want to increase the size of their personal mortgage and consolidate that debt. So they want to increase the size of their personal mortgage to pay back the parents. Now, what's the issue with that? Well, the servicing is really tight at the moment. So for instance, Tanya is about to have their second child, which is cool. Congratulations, Terry and Tanya. That's great. And the second thing that is a bit of a constraint here is that Tanya is going to homeschool their first child once they turn five, which is not too far away, which is quite exciting. So the tough situation is that there is a big mortgage. They want to increase it further, but they're a single income household. So Terry and Tanya's question is, what should we do in this situation? Now, let's start, Andrew, by just going through some of the things that we would usually talk about in this situation, because they've thought through some of this. So let's start with pay rises. So normally we'd say, hey, you know, you, you obviously need to get your income up to a level where you're going to be able to get the additional lending to pay back mum and dad. Now, in this case, they have thought about that because they've been listening to the show and said it's just unlikely that there's any possibility for me to get a pay increase. And Tanya has been working for 15 hours a week leading up to the baby being born. But after the government's leave, there's going to be this focus on the homeschooling. So, you know, they're about to lose that income as well. That's right. So they've tried that kind of earn baby earn strategy we've talked about and they decide that's not for them. We sometimes talk about borders as well. What about that? Yeah, they did say that potentially they could bring in an additional $400 per week by renting out two of the rooms. But there's a certain amount that the banks will take in for border income. So $150 is the maximum for two borders. That's absolute maximum. But also if you're a family of four living in a four-bedroom house, they might actually say, hey, realistically, you're probably 
going to need three of those rooms, so we're only prepared to use one of the rooms for servicing. That's a In terms of border income? Yep, absolutely. And they've said, look, the other thing you'd want to consider is, can I cut back any of those expenses? Can I delete Candy Crush and get off Netflix? They've said, we've cut back our expenses drastically, and it feels like we're going to be really tight in the new home. This is where it gets really hard for me. So when I read through a situation like this, I immediately I thought, oh, they've built their dream home. How exciting is that? And I'm guessing as if he's been working full time and building this house on the side, they've given blood, sweat and tears to be able to get there from a time perspective, but also from a money perspective and borrowed money from mum and dad. You're not going to like what I'm going to say next. But without giving you financial advice, because I don't know everything about your financial situation, I'd be getting rid of that house. I think that especially when you're starting out with a couple of young kids and you're going to, obviously if you're if homeschooling is, is something that you're doing, my guess is you really want to spend lots of time with your kids. If you're going to be working 80, 90, 100 hours a week just to stay afloat, to make up those 15 hours that Tanya's lost, to be able to pay for the mortgage plus the extra 150 you need, plus, you know, the only way you might get back funding is going to a non-bank lending and paying a higher percentage on all your mortgage I actually think you need to make a decision sooner rather than later to do that because you'll go backwards really, really fast. And what about the other option of renting out this place and going to rent somewhere else? So we're talking about $1,000 a week is what he thinks he might get if he rented it out. You know, How would that go towards servicing that mortgage? So I think the first thing, just from the economic side of things, you might be paying back 50 grand a year an interest. So that's, if it's a million dollar mortgage, say, if if they did increase their mortgage to pay back the parents. Yeah, you're a million dollars, you're 5% interest rate, you're 50,000 there. So you're kind of just breaking even from that and then you've got to pay your other costs. So I just don't think there's any benefit in that. And of course, the problem is that's your dream house. You're never going to look at it the same after it's been rented out and some people have worn it out. And it could be that you don't live in it for the next 10 years. Potentially. I think on top of that, let's say that 50k worth of rent coming in per year, it's a million dollar mortgage now, you're paying 50k worth of interest costs, yep you've got your OPEX, but on top of that, if this is your only property, then you've got to go rent somewhere, and on top of that, am I right in saying that the bank's probably going to make you pay principal Absolutely. on that as well, so it's it's probably not you're going probably, to work out financially. No, you're probably going to end up backwards. By the time you factor in your principal payments, which is, yes, a compulsory savings, and if you've got no personal mortgage, nothing wrong with paying down an investment debt, but from a cash flow perspective, that's the problem that you need to solve the here and the now. I don't think it works. The other reason that I'm kind of a bit worried about the servicing here is let's use the higher of the numbers. So let's say that Terry's income is 100K and the current debt is 900K. So you're currently sitting at a DTI of nine. Once we get rid of Tanya's income, and of course, we'd have to put her in a poncho going into the bank. That's a joke. <laughs> That's a joke, by the way. You're not going and wearing a poncho because we can't make it seem like you're not pregnant when you actually are. Let's say you wanted to add in that extra 150K and consolidate that into your personal home loan to pay back the parents. Well, in that instance, your DTI is going to go up to, you know, around 10 and a half times and it's, it's just, just really high. You know, I don't think you're going to get the bank lending just from this initial assessment. You're not. Look, this is a really sad situation where you have invested a whole lot of your life into getting this house, your dream house. But one thing that I looked at, you're 33. So 
right now, family is the focus for you guys, and you are at the start. You are in the earlier stages of your financial life, and you've done really well. You know, I did the numbers quickly. If you sold that place at one point eight million dollars, you lost five percent to real estate agent fees and some holding costs, and you know, staging and all the rest of it. By the time you've paid back your mortgage and the one fifty to pet mum and dad, you end up with six hundred and sixty thousand dollars. It's a lot of money. It's still a lot of money. Now, if you go out then and buy a property worth, say, $900,000, which in Auckland, you're not going to get your dream house, but you'll get a house for $900,000, your mortgage is only $240,000. And I think that that's important when we go down and look at their future goals as well. So they've said, you know, they want to get into property investment as soon as possible, and they want to take that renovate and add value approach because- He's a builder, he's got some skills, he's obviously been working on this, he knows what he's doing, and he eventually wants to build a passive income of 150 k by the time he's 55 years old. So he needs to make some steps now. Now, here's the thing. If you stick with the property you've got, you are going to have so much debt that there is going to be next to no chance in fact, there's going to be no chance of purchasing that first investment property for a long, long time. Absolutely. Look, if you were in a position where maybe because of your skills, we were in a different market because I don't think it's appropriate in this market. If mum and dad didn't need the money in and also they had some extra money they could lend you and you could start doing some flips and you could start making an extra $100,000 a year on the side to start paying down that mortgage in chunks, maybe then, maybe then you'd keep it. But in all honesty, Honestly, I'm looking at thinking, well, you're going to be making sacrifices later on if you don't make the sacrifices now, if you don't make the hard decisions now. So look, life's too short not to do the things that make you happy, but something's got to give in this scenario. Realistically, you are making some choices which make it harder from a financial aspect, like homeschooling, which I'm not wanting to take away from that. I think that's awesome that someone was prepared to homeschool their kids and give up some financial security to be able to teach their kids in the in the style that they want to. But it does come at a financial cost. And so you've got to ask yourself, are we prepared to sacrifice now or later? Because it'll be one of the times you are going to sacrifice. Well, of course, depending on what sort of work Tanya does, there would be a pathway to keep this place though. If they made the decision and said, you know what, actually we're going to prioritise the house over homeschooling and made the decision to go back to work, then that would increase their earning potential and it would make it so much more likely. Now I'm not telling you- But then at the same time, you know, realistically, if if you're going to that level of income, you are going to be paying down that mortgage over a number of years. And the bigger your mortgage, the harder it is going to be for you to to be able to invest. Yeah, but this also- this comes down at the end of the day to choices. And I'm saying there is an alternative option where if you wanted to make some different choices and say, actually, we really want to keep the house, that's our number one priority. And if that's more important than homeschooling, and I don't know if it is in this situation, then there is a pathway to doing that. Now, I think we're we're probably on the same page about that, Andrew. My sense is that homeschooling is really important. Yes. Investing in property is really important. So reducing your debt by selling the house sounds like what would usually be an appropriate approach here. And look, not financial advice. I think one of of the things that I've learned after dealing with thousands of investors and even people that I'm just helping out with mortgages back in my days of a mortgage broker is the pressure 
that debt puts on a family is significant. And especially while your kids are young and you've got more limited ability to increase your income in the short term, I think that this is going to be a noose around your neck and it's going to really make you not enjoy this dream home. So if you can rework this where you do have to Yes, take a step back from a personal house perspective, but then drastically reduce your personal debt so that you can focus on time with the family and start putting that extra money that you're not going to have to be paying down on the mortgage to investing be it investment property or be it shares or KiwiSaver or whatever it is, just being able to enjoy what you've built up so far. Because, you know, if you do end up with a $900,000 house and a 240k mortgage and you're 33, that's awesome. Like, that's really good. You, you've got a huge amount of equity. You don't have the dream house yet, but you've got plenty of years to have that dream house. And even just running the numbers quickly, let's say that you did what Andrew suggested before, which was, let's say we sell the house, 5% sale costs, pay off the mortgage, pay back mum and dad, and then you buy a 900k place in Auckland with a 20% deposit, you still have 480k worth of equity, usable equity, that you could then use in order to start the Burr approach. You know, having 480k of usable equity would being that you'd be able to start investing in Whangarei and get a couple of renos under your belt. If that's where your priorities lie, that is kind of an option that we can see would potentially lead to a better financial situation. Again, we do have to disclaimer it. We're not telling you to do this. We don't have all of the details. We've got an email from somebody off the internet and we're answering it on a podcast. So obviously we're not sitting down giving financial advice, but these are some general thoughts about ways we'd start answering this question. Is there anything else you'd want to say to Terry and Tanya just before we wrap up? Yeah, only that if you do end up selling this house, do not look at this as a step back. Look at it as a step forward. It's a step forward in achieving other financial goals. And I think, well done on getting to where you have got to. One of my good friends has built their own house while trying to juggle having a child. And I know that it's stressful in terms of being able to make all that work. So I'm sure you've given up a lot. So do look at this tough decision as a positive or make a positive outcome out of it. Hopefully we're not just the bearers of bad news because once you've made the decision and done it, I'm sure you'll be better off. Now, one last thing that I'm thinking about is what the tax implications of selling it are going to be. Now, obviously, you've done this as an owner-occupier home, but they're not living in it yet. Do you know whether they're going to incur Brightline? Uh, The intention, I think, is owner-occupier. I was thinking about this before. And if he was a builder, as in working for himself, he could potentially be tainted. But reading this, it looks like he's employed. I think he's going to be absolutely fine, but you do need to get tax advice around that. Fantastic. Let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. really does help us get the message out to more people. for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time, 